With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
I've had so many people say that some of the things that Dr. King did were the worst things that could happen to black people. And that always baffles me because I know where I'm living, I would not be living had it not been for fair housing, which came about from the civil rights movement. I know I would not be able to work in some of the places. But I know a lot of things. So do we have mixed feelings about Dr. King? Is he really a hero to all of us, or is he a villain to some of us? And I'm not talking about Caucasians, white people. I'm talking about African Americans right now. Do we see him as a villain, or do we see him as the champion? Now, I'm going to share with you right up front. I see him as a champion. I see him as the standard bearer, but I don't see him as the end all. And sometimes I get the feeling that people think that everything was supposed to be done. It was all supposed to be fixed. And now all they should do is reap the benefits. Ideally, that would be awesome, but the giant step that Dr. King was taking was just as big, if not bigger, than those first steps that they took on the moon because it changed everything. And it changed everything for everyone. Also, think about this. Every time black people, Africans, African-Americans, Negroes have advanced in America, other Americans have advanced. Case in point, did you know that when people were fighting the Civil War, that all white people could not vote? And I'm not just talking about white women, because women weren't, didn't have the right to vote. But did you know that all people did not have the right to vote? It wasn't until after the Civil War, when the passage of those 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments came out, that really opened the door for a lot of other people besides black people. And did you know that one of those doors that was open was the door for poor white people, poor white landowners, to have the right to vote? So from the very beginning of us gaining any type of freedom, and I say any type of freedom because it wasn't true freedom, but for the very, but those first steps, it not only did something for the African American, but it did something for other Americans. And in this particular case, it then opened the door. It allowed white men, regardless of whether they were property owners or regardless of whether they were people of means, it gave all white men the right to vote. Now, we can bring this up forward, and we can talk about how that led to the women's suffrage movement, because the women's suffrage movement was going on during abolition, too. As a matter of fact, a lot of women's suffrage, males, were also abolitionists. Frederick Douglass was an abolitionist, and a lot of abolitionists, once slavery was over, turned their sight on women's suffrage. And that's one of the things that helped push women's suffrage because, after all, you know, this may sound crass, but if that black man can vote, surely a 
white woman should be allowed to vote, right? So look at all of the other people. Let's say that the black people getting their independence somewhat from those physical shackles. That gave them that level of freedom at the time. But we were like the first rung on a ladder that other people stepped on as they moved up that ladder. We supported it all. Whether we came here as slaves and supported all that were here, or the majority, or whether after slavery, the gains that we achieved also gave other people opportunity for gains too. And we can bring that up to modern times. Modern times with the LGBTQQPI movement, even those folks based their struggle, their movement on the civil rights movement. They Most of the time they will readily tell you that they took what worked in the civil rights movement and tweaked it to technology and then applied it in very much the same way. The difference being they got results much quicker because it was easier actually for them to get results because, again, of the civil rights movement. So today we find ourselves talking about the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and his legacy, and in the same breath, we will hear people say that some of his work was some of the worst thing that ever happened to black people. I even had someone I know fairly well say that everyone, every black person between the age of 50 and 90 had failed, F-A-I-L-E-D, today's generations of black people, people between the age of 50 and 90 had failed black people of today. Well, you know what? Dr. King would have been 88 had he lived. I cannot imagine someone going up to the, a living Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and saying, you failed me. Do you feel that Dr. King failed you? Do you feel that Dr. King was a failure? Do you believe that the civil rights struggle was a failure? And if you do, please tell me what do you think about the voting rights. You can say that there's been some provisions taken away today, but remember, that happened today in your day. Back in Dr. King's day and in my day is when those things happened. So when you say that those people between the ages of 50 and 90 fail. Those are very strong words. And I'll admit, it's a little emotional for me because I tell people, you know, you can get on the highway from New York to Carolina or further south, and you don't have to have a green book. You can stop any place and use the restroom. Now, some people may say that sounds trivial. I tell you what. When you have to go, or you have children who have to go, and you can't use that bathroom, what, what's your option? And how does it make? How do you think it would make you feel when you exercise your option? 
I know some of you say, hey, I had to go, so I just went, so it made me feel good. I relieved myself. And if that's all you see, then that's all. That's what you see. But how about, see, what some people may not realize is when it says whites only, oftentimes it didn't say there wasn't another one that said Negro only. Because if a white person needed to go to the bathroom, they would go to the bathroom where they where one was available. If that fountain said whites only, that means no blacks could drink there. Now, normally, whites didn't want to drink out the blacks anyway. But I tell you what, let that white drinking fountain be broken. Guess where they're getting that water from? So I guess maybe it's generational because I see successes. I see victory. And I see us as being victorious with Dr. King being one of the ones leading the charge. Sometimes I see that we're trying to take away our gains and diminish them or minimize them. For 2016, my suggestion is let's accept the achievement. And then, sure, like Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, it is not the best. But for the person who had no insurance before, especially for those when they finally did go see that doctor the first time and got immediately admitted to the hospital for treatment, whether it was emergency surgery or whatever the case, I'm thinking they felt pretty good doing it. Are the premiums getting outrageous now? Yes, they are. And President Obama told us that it would need to be fixed. It would need to be fixes. It wasn't the end all, be all. So, but are we talking about fixing them? So, as I talk about, are we talking about fixing our healthcare system? When we talk about the lives that we live day to day, and as we reflect on the legacy of Dr. King and his dream, many may say what wasn't done or how it turned out, and that's probably the one argument that does touch me the most. I think, well, you know, you like, we like to think we know how things are going to turn out. But there's always, always those unintended consequences. So was it that Dr. King is a failure? Is it that people between 50 and 90 are failures? Or is it that there's more to be done? And this was something that they knew all along. And the difference being is that the struggle up until modern times kept going. It didn't end. If there was a win, then that was a win for that battle, but it wasn't perceived to be a victorious win for all. It was a win for that particular battle. It was a stepping stone. We talked before about turning stumbling blocks into stepping stones. Well, that's what those were. Those were stepping stones. And we needed to keep stepping. I'm asking you, are you stepping today? Are you building on the legacy? Are you expanding the dream? What are you doing to bring the dream from a dream into more reality? Three four seven eight two six nine six zero zero. 
347-826-9600. So I ask this question because this is the time where we should be reflecting. Where we should be reflecting on where we have been, where we are, hopefully in anticipation for a plan to where we need to be. And I would say that if we be as successful as Dr. King was in his era with the things going on in his day, which many may still be going on today, but as successful as they were back then, what are we doing to build on that dream? Are we sitting and waiting? Or are we talking and then doing? Today we have the 8th Annual Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Candlelight Vigil at the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Statue and Pavilion on the corner of Martin Luther King Boulevard. That's right. Right here in Las Vegas, not only do we have a statue, but we also have a street named after it, and the statue just happens to be on that street. Oh, happy day. And one of the reasons for us doing the candlelight vigil is to reach those who may not have been alive when some of the things that I just mentioned were of greater importance. So I understand that many people don't have to deal with it today because you just get in your car and drive, you get on your your bus, your plane, and go wherever you want to and sit pretty much wherever you can afford to sit. Maybe use some frequent flyer miles, save uh, on this flight because they overbooked, be one of the volunteers, so you get that free trip. You can do that. Well, it wasn't always the case. I want you to kind of ponder on, let's ponder on the victory. Let's focus on the achievements, especially as we celebrate the life, the birth of that man. I'm not even sure if many today would be able to survive under the circumstances of yesteryear. I was just riding with one of the folks from the gathering. We just happened to talk about buses, and he said he had never ridden a bus since he's been here. And there's nothing wrong with that. He has means. He doesn't have to. But every day when I'm driving, I'm seeing people waiting on the bus. I'm seeing people riding on the bus. For some of them, no doubt, it's a personal preference. Maybe they like to exercise. They like being outside. For some, maybe it's a way to save money, whether they need to or not. can be a lot of reasons. If you look at your life, do a little introspection right now. Look at your life. And... Then start imagining losing control of your life. You're still living. You know, your heart's still breathing. You still have neurons firing up in the cranium. But you have no self-determination. You don't make a difference. You don't do anything. Was Dr. King the set-on-his-laurels type of guy? Was Mrs. Boynton a set on her laurel type of woman? Did they go, woe is me? Or did they go and try to find a way 
And if they weren't able to find a way, they tried to make a way. That's how I see Dr. King. That's how I see myself. see myself as a victor, but as a victor. Can I be victimized? No doubt. Has is it very similar to what happened to Swarner, Cheney, and Goodman? Oh, yes, we see that. But then again, let's ask ourselves, what do we do to make things better for us? And I truly believe our history has shown that we, when we make things better for us, we make things better for others. Always has been that way. What will we do? What will we push? What will we get? That'll be another rung on the ladder so we can step a little bit higher, especially those who come behind us. Did you know that this is one of those decades where there's starting to be more and more hoopla, hoopla that the next generation may not do as good as us? That's a legacy, too, that we're passing down. No mistake. And is it that way because we've done all that we could do? Or were we lacking in some areas? You know, the congressman of my congressional district lost with a very small number, number and percentage of the vote. Neither candidate got a ton of them. But it was a small total overall kind of a disgrace, it's kind of embarrassing because he could have won it. He participated. Maybe he complained about what was being done to him. Maybe he complained about what wasn't being done for him. But his voice, he, he spoke up. He constantly let the people in power. Well, today is as you know, I started late. Big shout-out to Sister Tanya for checking on me to see if there was going to be a show today. Yes, as you can tell, we're out here. And we had the candlelight vigil tonight. But we're going to talk about being victims. We have Dr. Al Gourier speaking. Here's something. Have you ever heard of Surge? Well, I had not either. But I did hear about him for this candlelight vigil. And it's interesting because they are white women, maybe even white people, I think it's white women, though, who are about social justice, and particularly black people. They're going to be there today. Sister Jess Flo, of course, our MC for the event is Big Louie Bruce. I want to thank you all publicly for making this Eighth Annual Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Candlelight Vigil come to fruition because it took it took a team. It wasn't something I did by by myself. And I got a bunch of programs that I need to fold up. I sure wish I had some of my gathers with me now to help me. Believe it or not, I have not been to sleep, and I'd like to get a couple of weeks before I go down there. Maybe even a bite to eat. Hey, any sisters out there want to bring a brother a plate? <laughs> well, this is our show on the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And I wanted to focus on how do we perceive him? How do we, I say, 
he's our martyr, and we should treat him as such. And I believe that when people say, well, why do you do prayers and why do you have anything associated with religion, doesn't that turn some people off? Maybe. But remember, it didn't say just Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. It said Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. When we needed some place to huddle to plot and plan our escapes as slaves, we went to the church houses because oftentimes that was the only place where there could be a gaggle of us and there wasn't a big fuss made. You know that those quilts that would come out of some of those meetings weren't just your regular everyday quilts. They had messages on What would your message be in all of this technology today? What would you tell your children about the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. over this holiday? How would you celebrate, commemorate, memorialize, recognize this day? What is it to you? You can go to our Facebook page, Our Own Voices Live, and share your thoughts on this. You can also go to Our Own Voices on Twitter and Our Own Voices Google+. Plus. We just Our Own Voices all over the place. We'd love to hear from you on what you think is how do we celebrate the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birth and is it fitting sort of for our king, for our fallen martyr? Well, next week I should be back right on 1230 on the dot. I look forward to reading some of your posts on Facebook or you can text them to my phone. That's fine, too. And a big shout-out to my homegirl, T.A. She knows who she is for listening and keeping me on track. Man, you guys just don't know. Ooh-wee. And, and on that note, let me say this about Dr. King. As good of a leader and as much as it was that was accomplished during his time, I want you to know that his wife was by his side. I want you to know that she was taking care of the home front while he was going out. Can you imagine not knowing whether your husband was going to be shot beat down, bludgeoned, arrested, mistreated. She stood to watch, allowed him to go and fight, even though he was a peaceful man. Just as the military go fight with weapons, he fought with words. And he used peace to achieve his goal. What manner, what mechanisms will we use to achieve our goals? Maybe more importantly, what are our goals? For those of you in the local area, at 4.30 to 5.30, there will be a brand-new youth program, candlelight vigil program. So that goes down at 4.30 to 5.30. And then at 5.30, we start the candlelight vigil for 90 minutes from 5.30 to 7 p.m. with Dr. Al Gourier as our keynote speaker. And one of our performers is Miss Jess Flo, doing a poem called Glory. You don't want to miss it. Hopefully I'll see you there. Mark, the corner of Martin Luther King Boulevard and Cary, right where North Las Vegas meets Las Vegas. I hope to see you there. Have a great day. And, oh, hit us up on Our Own Voices Live on Facebook and tell us how did you recognize or commemorate 
or celebrate this holiday? Was it just parties, drinking, or did you do something? Even if it was just to take the time to spend with your children, read them stories, help them find some videos to see, or tell them the story of what it was like. Because I think many have didn't live it, but we didn't pass them the memory. And we need to give that memory to them. This is Rodney, and on behalf of my co-host, Mrs. Angela Thomas, you listen to Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live comes here every Saturday, most every Saturday, at 12.30 p.m. and 3.30 p.m. for those of you out east. We will be back next week, and we will catch up on the debate. We just had a Republican debate. We have a Democratic debate, I believe, tomorrow, I believe. And we have, we have a caucus in Nevada on February 20th, New Hampshire, uh, Iowa, those places are right around the corner. Who will run and represent? Is there anyone running that looks like you, representing you? And how much longer will the decline of the black population and other populations increase? Will we actually have the power to vote and make a difference? Dr. King talked about the power to vote. That's right. Is it like muscle? Use it or lose it? Is that why we're starting to lose it? Until next time, you've been listening to Our Own Voices Live. Big shout-out to you, TA. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope I get to see you at the Candlelight Vigil tonight. Don't forget you all, 4.30 to 5.30 for the youth program, and then 5.30 to 7 o'clock for the actual candlelighting uh, ceremony program. See you there, North Las Vegas, where Carrie meets Martin Luther King Boulevard and the statue. Talk to you soon, everybody. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.